going? Hello. We recording. We're back. We're back. We're back with a regular episode of Known Unknowns. I'm Carly. I'm Harry Sullivan. I'm Carly Davis. I'm Harry Sullivan. And you're Davis. Mm-hmm. And this is. And this is the podcast. Uh, yep. Wait, I forgot that we already said Known yep. Unknowns. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, yeah, we're back with a regular episode today, just yeah. the two of us talking in our bedroom. Oh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. It's Going and returning to our roots. Returning to our roots. Our roots. It'll be a good episode, I think. Oh, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so, too. <laughs> I don't know. I hope. We're going to have a lot more interviews coming up, so it'll be a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You we have know. a lot more interviews planned. Mm-hmm. So, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, and, and we won't probably won't be doing this as often as I want to. Hmm. I mean, we can we can keep doing this. We could like do yeah. two episodes a week and no. have one be a no. Okay. No, that's too much work. <laughs> I agree. This is already too much work. <laughs> a once a week thing is hard. Yeah, I know. I don't. Who? <laughs> no. I mean. I do I do the lion's share of the work on my uh, on my uh, section the day what? that we record it. Yeah. So like it wouldn't be that much of a difference. It for wouldn't. Me. You do it I all just the do day that of. two days a week. I just scramble for three hours yeah. to get something together twice a week rather mm-hmm. than once. Anyway, but we're not changing our schedule. We are just adding interviews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll still be coming out every Monday. What's what? Nothing. Okay. Well, how? What was wrong with the way I was sitting? You weren't close enough. Okay. Well, I'm close enough now. Yeah. Now you're close enough. I'm, close. I'm not gonna fight with you right now. Okay. <laughs> this isn't happening. All right. No. Sorry. There are just a lot of a lot of negative vibes in the air. What? No. Not not because of you. Okay. Fine. Is there anything that they've missed that we should um, fill them in on? Well, I mean, there's there are plenty. Of conspiracy theories to talk about with the Iowa caucus Ooh, this yeah. week, yeah, uh, with uh, Rat Boy with declaring rat boy. victory. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so sad. anyway, to dispel any any doubts anyone might have, Bernie won, and uh, he's gonna win the rest of them too. <clears throat> what? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. When's yeah. New Hampshire? Uh, Tuesday, so the day after this comes out. Wow. So if you're in New Hampshire, go out and vote tomorrow. Yeah. Unless you're going to vote for that Wait, smug... voting happens tomorrow? Oh, 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 right, from when you listen to this. Yeah. Sorry. I know I got it now. Don't argue with me. <laughs> they don't want to listen to this. I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um... Yeah, like what conspiracy theories? Oh, are, well, uh... Are you going to talk about it or are you just going to, you know... Should I should I go into it? A little bit. Okay. Maybe. Well, okay. So if you're not aware, the Iowa caucus was a one... Just a clusterfuck of titanic proportions. Yeah. It was the, the, last, Iowa, the last Iowa caucus ever... Um, probably. <laughs> yeah. So they're not going to want to do that again. Um, well, are people talking about how they want Illinois to be the first state to vote now? Yeah. Isn't that a thing? I don't mm-hmm. want that to happen. <laughs> I don't want to be the first state. 
I don't I don't want to be involved in that. Yeah, you, we want we 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 want the uh, field to be narrowed down by the time it's in Illinois, so it's only the real candidates. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't want to have to deal with all the you know. And I'm not doing the John doing Delaney's it the way, of the world. No, <laughs> I'm not doing it the way Iowa does it. I'm not <laughs> no. gonna get in in a room and like go to the corner for my candidate and show everyone mm. who I'm voting for. No. Yeah, my no, business. I don't. Th- I don't think anyone is suggesting that Illinois adopt the caucus uh, no, system. It's so stupid. Yeah. All it's, right. It's anyway, extremely continue. undemocratic. They don't. Okay. Anyway, so what? So what? So the Iowa caucus has a very complicated system. It, since it's not a primary, you don't just cast a ballot. You like go with your precinct to a a high school gym or some other public Somewhere, place. Yeah where it's organized and then you just like go to the corner of the room where you that is designated for your candidate and then so their candidates below a certain threshold are like cut out basically and then you can like rearrange after that and they revote yes and then after you they cut then, candidates yeah, out yeah then you have a chance to go to that so there's a and then they have then they award delegates based off of that and they have a complicated uh system of like um, figuring out a complicated formula of determining who gets how many delegates based on the caucus votes. So in the past, all the all the vote totals from each precinct were like telephoned in to a central um, location, right? Central office. So each precinct would call in and be like, "Hey, we have this many votes for this person, yeah. and this many votes for this person." Yeah, we've got 180 votes for Sanders. 110 for Warren, 101 for Biden, and none for anybody else. Right. But this time, the uh, DNC insisted that Iowa, the Iowa Democratic Party, invest in an app that the uh, precinct leaders would download on their phone um, (laughs) that would apparently not really do too much of the actual calculations they would still have to like work that out on paper and then they'd like send all that information in via the app. Which seems like a better idea if it worked. Right. You'd, it, it seems like it might be a way to smooth things out, but the problem is the app didn't work. Right. But if it did, uh. it seems like it would be a good, a good idea. Right. Kind of. So I mean, calling in, you just put it into an app. Sure. I mean, it's yes. It's just, I mean, it's I still not as good as call. yeah. I mean, it's still not as good as like paper and pencil. You can't you can't okay. hack that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. What? Continue. What's Sorry. the conspiracy here? <laughs> well, <laughs> tell the people what they want to know. So the app broke. The <laughs> yeah, app the didn't app work at all. In and only a few results came out that night. Um, so there was no official winner of the Iowa caucus. However, Pete Buttigieg, a little rat fucker, uh, what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> he he took that opportunity to declare himself the victor of Iowa based on nothing. Nothing. Um, and so for several days, the media ran with that um, uh, designation that I, Pete had declared himself the victor and... Uh, there was no data to show otherwise, so we might as well call him the winner. Yeah, it was weird because the results weren't out 
And then, like, the next day, because the results were supposed to be out, like, that night. Right. And then the next day, we still didn't have any results in. And then they released 62% of the votes when they had all of the votes counted Mm -hmm. up. And then they just decided to pick and choose 62% of the votes they yeah, so so back in December, Mayor Pete had been, uh, Mayor Pete had had been to a dinner with several like Democratic Party bigwigs. The purpose of which was to come up with a strategy to stop Sanders, so wow. that Bernie would not be the nominee because this is because that was unacceptable. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so, Pete. Uh, so what? <laughs> what did Pete do? <laughs> okay. He so so that happened. Oh. Also present at that dinner were a couple of the people involved with the development of this app, people who sit on the board of the parent company. Mm-hmm. Um, the app was created by a company named Shadow, which is a great name for <laughs> a uh, a company that's trying to bring transparency and stuff to the political system, mm-hmm. which is owned by... <laughs> Which so Shadow is owned by another company called Acronym, which is God. These are stupid names. <laughs> I know. Okay. Um. Yeah. So so people on the board of Acronym and some people associated with Shadow were also at that meeting. Okay. Um, the uh, I think CEO or chairperson of Acronym is married to one of Pete's senior like strategy oh, advisor or communications yeah. advisors. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, right before the, uh, Iowa caucus, there is a, um, there's a big poll done by the Des Moines Register, which is like every year, a big event. It's usually like the most accurate poll of, uh, the Iowan electorate before the caucus and Pete's campaign, uh, apparently found some issue with oh, the way yeah. that it was conducted and uh. got the poll not to be released. Yeah. Um, it leaked after the fact, showing... Oh, it Bert... leaked after the fact? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, I didn't it, know it, that. It has been confirmed, <gasps> like, that the I poll just, showed yeah. Bernie in the lead with 22%, Ooh. Warren in second place with some, <gasps> like, 20 or 18, and then Pete behind her. And Pete was like, it's not fair. And right. so he's like, we're not putting this out. And then they did Yeah. I, I, so apparently that like one person who got the, who like was a call, call E, one person who was given the survey, uh, who supported Pete didn't hear his name when they listed uh. off the names of the potential candidates. And another person who was asked, um, apparently Pete's name was mispronounced and that was apparently an issue (laughs) peanut butter judge (laughs) (laughs) yeah peanut butter judge that's not how they said it but Uh i saw a comment on something once and someone just put peanut butter judge (laughs) (laughs) and it was like as they were talking about pete buddha judge and they put peanut butter judge and i still laugh so hard so hard. That should be the name of this episode, Peanut Butter Judge. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Oh, it's um, so good. Oh, also, uh, Pete's campaign has paid somewhere in the range of $50,000 to $100,000 um, to Shadow, the company that made the app. Uh, 
<laughs> the uh, <laughs> yeah. he's, his is the only uh, his is the only uh, democratically affiliated campaign to have paid any money to that company. Um, the uh, the ex- paid them fifty thousand dollars for monetary expenses is what it says on the <sighs> FEC reports. Okay. Anyway, so, so Pete yeah. is. Th- so the conspiracy theory like stems from the fact that Pete takes the opportunity of this company that he his campaign has strong links to um, having a problem with their app that delays the results of the Iowa caucus, allowing him to declare himself the victor. And then over the course of the next few days, uh, results slowly trickle out um, in such a way that Pete is a in, in the, the lead, lead the whole time yeah in the very well, end yeah i mean bernie's in the lead the whole time with the actual popular vote the, right. the literal votes cast right uh but pete in terms of the sdes the state delegate equivalents which are like a middle a a formulation a number that comes in the middle between the popular vote and the national delegates um so he's the he's ahead in the sdes um the whole time until about 97% of the vote is in and it looks like Bernie Sanders is going to take the lead in Iowa. Um, his many Bernie's campaign and a few other campaigns have noticed discrepancies in the uh, vote vote tabulations um, that uh, the uh, I, Iowa Democratic Party was putting out. Um, and so they've launched a re-canvas of those of the um of the worksheets yeah to figure out the numbers so basically to i'll sum it up (laughs) yeah you you sum it up um so they made an app to count the votes kind of and then the app did not work so then they didn't have the results that night which they were supposed to pete without any results out said hey everyone look i won Mm -hmm. so then all the media was like pete won iowa Mm-hmm. And then the next day they had all the votes. They right. like the people had all the votes. Like mm-hmm. they knew what the results were and then they just decided to put out 62% of it. Mm-hmm. And then like the next day like 70 71% mm-hmm. and then the next day like 97%. They just but they had all the results and it was supposed to be the results just come in all at once and we see who wins. But then for some reason they right. decided to just yeah. every day add a little bit more, and so to show Pete like in the lead, in the lead, in the lead, mm-hmm. and then not at the very end. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what happened. Yes. So they were picking and choosing what results to put out to show that Pete was winning the mm-hmm. to, state delegates. Yeah, to extend his like ability to claim victory. Right. Anyway, yeah, so that's how that happened. So yeah, so that's that's why there are so many negative vibes in the room. I guess it's only me in here. Oh yeah, well, and me. I guess most oh, of the negative vibes are coming from me. Oh, the heater off. It's gonna me. make the noise the whole time. Okay, I'll go do that. Okay. Oh no. Let me pause it. Okay, so it looks like the heater's just gonna stay on. <laughs> <laughs> we can't figure out how to make it stop making noises so if you hear in the background it's our heater 
burnt what is it a radiator yeah those dangerous things mm-hmm. it just makes weird noises and hisses at us so <laughs> yeah it's huh. angry it's angry it i think it's off now uh, yeah i think I it's know. just i think it's gonna make it's noise no matter gonna what make noise. <laughs> so anything else we need to update them on or is i don't know can it? you think of anything i don't think so okay cool i don't think so don't think so huh no that's all we have in politics pouch yeah moving on from the politics pouch uh and then we're gonna move into uh another section of show once harry's computer turns on (laughs) called his computer's broken so it just turns off randomly and when he got up to turn off the heater the computer turned off it doesn't stay on for very long so let's hope it stays on (laughs) during his story it's usually just when i move it Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh just when he moves it everyone i can't tell if it's like i can't tell what the problem is but yeah Yeah. just when i move it yeah all right Harry. what are you talking about today well i was i was gonna i was trying to vamp and come up with a name for this segment the folklore yeah folklore the folklore uh, floor. The folklore floor, everyone. <laughs> the folklore floor. Uh, That's how we say it, too. The folklore floor. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, we were going to talk about how it was Black History Month. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought so that's we're, what you were going to talk about. Yeah, no. Was, Happy yeah. Black History Month, everyone. Yeah. Uh, for Black, every week, one of the things we talk about is going to have to do with that, with Black History and the... Uh, African-American experience, I guess. Black history. Uh, or uh, or black, a black hero yeah. in a story, which or I guess that is black is, history. Yeah, or folklore that is related to the African-American community in some way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you get the idea. Yeah. Um, so this week... We will be having guests, though, this month. So uh, every real episode we do, it'll be <laughs> that um, the guest episodes i guess will be different mm-hmm. yeah we'll, we'll see what we can squeeze in yeah yeah mm-hmm. we're gonna try to do as much as we can now you might be thinking you released another episode this month already <laughs> yeah and that um, is because we forgot we forgot because it was like the beginning beginning of february it mm-hmm. came whenever we recorded it was definitely still january yeah, uh, yeah we didn't for sure. think yeah, about we, it so <laughs> I whenever what we day recorded it, was come out. it it was in January still, so I know this is horrible. But we had this planned out for a really long time, but so and then we just recorded it in January and forgot it was coming out in February. Yeah, so well, Black History Month will be extended into the first week of March. Yeah, mm-hmm. as it should be. When I was little, one time I asked my teacher, "Hey, why is Black History Month?" I was little. Why Uh is Black History Month the shortest month of the year? That seems kind of mean. (laughs) And then my teacher says, oh, you're one of those. Ha! Oh, one of those what? One of those who complains that Black History Month is uh, the the shortest month of the year. (laughs) And that, yeah. Yeah, that's that's you. Oh, you're one of those. They were mad that I was complaining. I I was like, that seems wrong. (laughs) Well, you were right. I was like, why is it that Black History Month is the shortest month? I was like little. And they were like, oh, you're one of the... And I didn't understand the answer. I was like, okay, but why? (laughs) (laughs) I was very little and my teacher was very conservative and white and racist. Mm -hmm. So they were like, 
oh, of course <laughs> you would complain. I don't know. Right. You know? Well, you get to uh, enjoy a good a good month of two white people talking about a culture that isn't theirs. Yeah. Have a good time. <laughs> hey, I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> we wanted I mean, to do this, but this obviously isn't. I don't know. What? Never mind. I think this is good that we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I it was... We're very white, but, um, you know. Black, black history, history month. is important, it's important. So I'm going to talk about... Un... So for this first episode... <laughs> so for folklore floor. <laughs> yeah. We're g- going to go back to the well of American folk heroes. Um, I'm talking Who? about... John Henry. Yes! I love John Henry. <laughs> All right. What, God damn it. What do you love about John Henry? That was like my favorite story as a kid. He was so cool. <laughs> and I cried every time I heard the story and we sang the song. Uh-huh. Because yeah. I was like, no! <laughs> what a good man! <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. emotional when I was a kid about it. <laughs> yeah, so on... on as as I'm sure you know, unlike Paul Bunyan, there's only one like main story about John Henry, um, and it's uh, railroad. Yeah, railroad. <laughs> you know, there are, there are of course like various differences in the like little details of it, um, but you know the basic story is that John Henry worked for the railroad as a steel driver. Was he real? Um, I think he was real. Yeah. So I'll get to that soon. Cool. But continue. Sorry. So he may or may not have been. All right. Well, I believe it because I want to. <laughs> uh, so his job is so his job was to hammer a steel drill into rocks to create a hole, which would be filled with dynamite in order to blast a tunnel through a mountain. That's yeah. what his job was. Steel drivers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just in case I didn't cool. know. I, oh. A lot of people think it means he's like hammers in like railroad ties to the actual tracks. Doesn't he do that too? Not in the song. Oh, he's just he just blows up the rock. Yeah, well, he makes the hole to put the dynamite in to blow up the rock. Oh, I guess I didn't know that either. I thought he hammered. Well, he, I mean, he he hammers. So there's a steel <laughs> drill, like a little like thing that he hammers that goes into the rock. Oh. To make the hole. Oh. And then they put dynamite in it and blow it up. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Even cooler than I thought. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, he seems to have been born to do it. So when he was a little baby, he picked up a hammer and a little piece of steel, said, Hammering's gonna be the death of me, Lord, Lord. Hammering's gonna be the death of me. Are you singing the song? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the song is good. Uh, it's a good song. Yeah. Uh, but, so he grows up, becomes a, uh, Becomes a steel driving man. Steel driving man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, one day, the captain on the work site, he brought around a steam drill to huck that steel on down, down, down. Huck that steel on down. Sorry. <laughs> you do you, man. Um, but, you know, John Henry was having none of that. He wasn't. He didn't want a... Uh, he wanted his job. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want a machine, some steel, some steam-driven machine to take his job away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like he said he to his captain, job. a man ain't nothing but a man, 
But before I let your steam drill beat me down, I die with a hammer in my hand, Lord, Lord. I die with a hammer in my hand. I remember singing this. Mm-hmm. So he challenges the steam drill to a contest yes. uh, with John Henry yes. driving steel on the right side and the steam drill driving on the left. He worked at a furious pace, his hammer swinging through the air so fast it sounded like a fierce storm was bearing down on the mountain or even that the tunnel was about to cave in on itself. Uh, he drove so hard his hammer was striking fire. Uh, John Henry made it 15 feet. The steam drill only made it nine. Lord, Lord. Oh. The steam drill only made it nine. Wow, I thought he they were like <laughs> neck and neck. Uh, in most versions of the song, or at least old, that seems to be the, can- the canonical uh, okay. version. Yeah. No, I believe it. Uh, but John Henry wasn't able to celebrate his victory. He worked he died. so hard he broke. His heart. He laid down his hammer and he died. Lord, Lord, laid down his hammer and he died. Oh, I'm so sad. Yeah, but that isn't the end because John Henry had a little woman. Name was Polly Ann. Like she a wife. Walked up to those Harry, tracks and yes, wife? like a wife. Okay. And picked up his hammer, and Polly Ann drove steel like a man. Yes. Lord, Lord, Polly Ann drove steel like a man. Polly Ann. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Well, every Monday morning, when the bluebird, he began to sing. You could hear John Henry from a mile or more. You could hear John Henry's hammer ring, Lord, Lord. You can hear John Henry's hammer ring. Still, still can hear it in that tunnel around that area. Hmm. Whacking it on down. So Whacking to get to your question of whether or not he's a real person or not. Yeah, um, let me know, let me know. So, um, there's... No, it, it, you can't, no one can say for sure. Um, there are people who've like done research into this at very various points in time. Um, traditionally, the story is set at the Big Bend Tunnel in West Virginia, which is along the Chesapeake and Ohio Railroad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the dangerous work of cutting the mile and a quarter tunnel was largely done by African Americans like John Henry. Um, a great many of them were recently freed slaves looking for work and yeah. at that time because uh, this was the 1870s, mm. you know, less than a decade, like five years after the Civil War ended. Uh, yeah, Big Bend Tunnel began construction in 1870 and it was finished in 1872 uh, around the time that an economic depression was beginning. Um, so holding on to that. A job, yeah, would have been really important yeah. for all the workers there. But yeah, so like in the 20s, uh, there were a few different researchers looking into like trying to find out whether or John Henry was a real person or not. And uh, this guy named Johnson, uh, Guy B. Johnson. Oh, his name is Guy. <laughs> yeah. This guy named Johnson? <laughs> guy named B. Johnson. Uh, he went down and talked to several different like people who like claimed to have worked with John Henry on and like witnessed the competition at, at the big bend tunnel around the time. Um, a man named Neil Miller told me in plain words, how he'd come to the tunnel with his father at 17, how he carried water and drills for the steel drivers, how he saw John Henry every day. And finally all about the contest between John Henry and the steam drill. Um, so there were people who were like, yeah, that was real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, Mr. Miller described the steam drill in detail. Uh, he made a, the, uh, 
Guy Johnson made a sketch of it later. When I looked up pictures of the early steam drills, I found his description correct. Um, I asked people about Mr. Miller's reputation. They all said, if Neil Miller said anything happened, it happened. Um, but when this guy, Guy Johnson, contacted Chief Engineer Johns of the CNO Railroad, uh, he wrote that no steam drills were ever used on the Big Bend Tunnel. Um, and when asked, and all documentation from that time that would have shown whether someone named John Henry actually worked there had been lost in a fire. Oh, well, I believe he was a person. <laughs> yeah. Um, in 2006, uh, another researcher um, by the name of Scott Reynolds Nelson discovered documents and old records of the Vir Virginia Penitentiary of a 19-year-old inmate named John William Henry. John, John William Henry. Uh, this John Henry was apparently the head of the first group of prisoners who were contracted out to work on railroad tunnels. Hmm. Uh, these, these records placed John Henry at the Lewis Tunnel, um, which is about 40 miles away from the Big Bend Tunnel in Virginia. Oh, so, there, he, so it was like a group of prisoners that were going to go work on the... Yeah, so... so they at, were saying John Henry was in that group? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. There are, yeah. Yeah, so there are records at this... Yeah. At this jail of a, an inmate who's sometimes referred to as John Henry, sometimes John W. Henry, sometimes John William Henry. Um, yeah, he'd, he'd been arrested and tried for burglary, and he was one of the first groups of convicts released by the warden to work as leased labor on the CNO Railroad. Hmm. Um, according to Nelson, uh, the, the conditions at the prison were, like, so bad that, like, even the warden, warden was, like... He like felt bad for the prisoners, I guess, and so he he believed that it would be best for them, uh, and they'd be better clothed and fed if he like let them go out to like work for different uh, companies like the railroad. Yeah. Um, he eventually changed his mind and became an oh. opponent of the convict labor system, um, but uh, also Nelson, this guy who looked into it in two thousand six, he found no records of steam drills being used on the CNO uh, or on the Big Bend tunnel yeah, it was but he's on the down low. Yeah, but he he did find um that at the Lewis tunnel where there are records of this John Henry working there uh that were. yeah, that workers yes. did work like right alongside steam drills. Yes. For the like I don't know, 40 kilometers of uh that stretch of railway. So it's real. Everyone it's real. Mhm. Mm oh no, not not for nothing is 40 kilometers from anywhere it's 40 miles away from yeah the big bend tunnel like i said mm -hmm. anyway um also in some versions of the song it says that there's a verse about john henry being buried near the white house in the sand somewhere that locomotives roar um which he takes to mean that henry's body was buried in a ditch behind the so-called white house of the virginia state penitentiary oh. uh, which photos from that time indicate it was it was painted white and that there were numerous unmarked graves had been found near that, and it was right near the railroad tracks. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and prison records for John William Henry stop around 1873, suggesting that uh, he was kept on the books until it was, until he died, basically. Yeah. Until he died around the time that uh, it's Legends Day says that the uh, events of the thing occurred. Hmm. Yeah. So, do you believe he's real? I mean, it seems like it's plausible. I, I, I kind of am not. I'm not sure whether. I I'm not sure how much I believe of it is true or not. But I think it's. 
I I could I could buy it. I don't I don't see why not. I think it's real. Yeah. I mean, you just got to believe a little bit. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I mean, it became the song about John Henry like became a big thing in like the early 1900s. Or I mean, it became it was a big work song obviously for people doing exactly the kind of work that John Henry does in the song. Yeah. Um, although when they, when they sang it, it was probably a lot slower to go along with the beat of like swinging the hammer. Yeah. Then we, then we sing it now. I could see mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, you know, this, these songs usually contain the lines, uh, like the old work songs, this old hammer killed John Henry, but it won't kill me. Um, Nelson explains that workers manage their labor by setting a stint or a pace for it. Men who violated this stint were shunned. Here was a song that told you what happened to men who worked too fast. They died ugly deaths. Oh my God. <laughs> Their entrails fell on the ground. You sang the song slowly. You worked slowly. You guarded your life or you died. Oh my God. I, I mean, that's, yeah, that's one way to look at it is like a cautionary tale of like working too hard. I mean, I think that another big reason the song is, I mean, well, there are a couple reasons for the song to stay around. Um, I don't know. I thought a lot about like how to like put, put John Henry in context. Um, and I couldn't, I felt like I needed to like emphasize one origin story over the other. Mm-hmm. Um, if, and like I could talk about where he was a former slave or he was, and he was like trying to keep his job for the railroad and talk about you know, automation and outsourcing and how like big companies are not going to care about the little guy and like, or the worker and just, you know, even if these things like on their face seem like they're saving, saving labor and time, they're still taking a job away from someone who needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or, you know, they're, they're not thinking about that when they do that. Um, or I could go with, you know, the story about how he's a prisoner and he's like being forced to do hard labor and talk about like the prison industrial complex and how our justice dis- how our justice system circumvents the Thirteenth Amendment to enslave Black and Brown people to this day. Yeah. Um, but I think that the fact that it's applicable to both of those is why it's such a big why it sticks around. I think that it is. I mean, I think it's important a to the Black community or the African American community, whatever you want to say um as it is one of the few like early american like folk songs that like really centers a heroic black character Mm -hmm. um and i think that i mean that's that's vitally important to it and i think that it's uh i mean i think that the things in it that it is relevant to are timeless issues that are like going to be relevant no matter what period and time we are of Mm -hmm. like big you know moneyed interests wanting to uh institute changes that have unintended consequences killing people or taking jobs from people or like forcing people into hard labor um but uh that you know sing putting it into a song like this um turns it into turns give makes it last as it as a tool for people to use to like rally solidarity for uh mm-hmm. for these causes and to you know show how we're all in the same boat together and stuff yeah
Cool. Cool. That's about what I've got. Oh, okay. That was good. Good. John Henry was a little baby Sitting on his papa's knees Well, he picked up a hammer and a little piece of steel Said, this hammer's gonna be the death of me This hammer's gonna be the death of me Do you want to move on to your, your story? Yeah. Great. So mine is just dumb. Okay, great. We're in, do you want to do the conspiracy corner jingle? We're in conspiracy corner. Conspiracy corner. Is that it? No. Conspiracy corner. (laughs) Okay, got it. Yeah, it's different. (laughs) It's not conspiracy corner. No. Mm. It's conspiracy corner. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, we'll we'll let you do it from now on. All right, I just wanted to give you an option. A chance. (laughs) Wait, is... So this is conspiracy. This is a conspiracy. Yeah. What else would it be? Okay. No, I I thought it was something else. But go go right ahead. I'm doing the story of the tape. Oh. What tape? The Beatles tape. What Beatles tape? This is not a conspiracy. I don't know. Now I'm confused. What would this be? I don't know. Uh. Well, we'll figure it out as you go. Okay. All right. I'm doing. Don't spoil anything. The story. Of the tape. The Beatles tape. The Beatles tape. (laughs) All right. I'm not going to give you any background. I just want you to listen. Okay. All right. So if you go to the website, thebeatlesneverbrokeup.com. Okay. (laughs) You'll find a very interesting story Hmm. of a man who claims the Beatles never actually broke up. In a different dimension. Uh, So, I'm going to read you the first line of his story. Ready? This is what it says. This is what he says. Quote, The following is an actual account of my experience, experiences as of recently. Because of the nature of what has happened, I must remain anonymous until I feel it is safe to to reveal my real name. Smart. But for now, you can refer to me as James Richards. Okay. <laughs> James. That's what I'm going to call him. James Richards. James. James. All right. Ready? Yes. Okay. So, on September 9th, 2009, James Richards came into the possession of a cassette tape containing a Beatles album that was never released. Whoa. In fact, not only was it never released... But it was recorded many years after they broke up. What? 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 So, here's the story. hmm James lives in Livermore, California. On September 9th, he was driving home from Turlock after visiting a friend for a few days. He decided to take a drive through a place called Del Puerto Canyon, mm-hmm. just west of Turlock. I think that's how you say that. Probably. There is a scenic road, and he liked to go through it in order to get to Livermore. This was about 2 p.m., and he had some time on his hands, and he was like, let's take the scenic route, because he does that a lot when he has some time. Okay. Sure. To get home. Why not? Yeah. So a ways into the canyon, his dog started to act like she, you know, needed to go to the bathroom, get out of the car. Mm -hmm. So 
he pulls over to the first available area on the side of the road and let her let his dog out. Let her out. The dog is a her. Okay. Uh, then his dog took off to chase a rabbit. <laughs> so, of course, he started to run after her. He says that his dog is pretty well behaved. Uh-huh. But when she gets, like, on the chase, on the hunt. Sure. There's no stopping her. You just kind of have to join in and catch her. <laughs> so he started running after her. So his dog already had about a 40-yard head start, so he was running as fast as he could. Um, the uneven ground and soft dirt patches made it difficult to run, though. And not too far into the chase, he stepped into a rabbit hole, fell, and was knocked unconscious. Oh. Out in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. When Falling he, in a rabbit hole and discovering something. Remind you of anything? Shh. Okay. When he woke up, he was in a room with, quote, some furniture and electronics in it, end quote. <laughs> hey, I, I'm in one of those rooms right now. <laughs> his head had been bandaged because he has a big, probably egg um, on his head. Right. Uh, he was uneasy because where he hit his head was the middle of, he, so where he fell Right. And hit his head. It, he was in the middle of nowhere with no houses and not many cars, if any, on the road. Right. But where he is now, there were houses and a busy road outside. Creepy. Mm. I would also be a little uneasy. Uh, he says he wasn't near the window. He was near... He just noticed it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't near the window. He was near an unusual-looking electronic machine that he did not recognize. Hmm... Yeah, so when he got up to look out the window, the door opened and his dog ran in. Hey! Very excited to see him. That's nice. Yeah. Then there was a man standing in the doorway. Oh. He was about six feet tall, medium length black hair, and was dressed casually. But he had a greasy vibe, is Mm. what he said. The man in the doorway introduced himself to James as Jonas. Okay. And asked if he was okay. Jonas said he found him unconscious in a field with his dog barking at him. (laughs) (laughs) James thanked him for helping him and his dog. Then James asked, quote, where am I? End quote. And then Jonas says, about 20 feet away from where I found you. Oh. Uh, so James told him that that couldn't be possible because there were no houses within at least 20 miles from where he last remembered being. So he then told James that what he was going... Oh, wait. Okay. Then he told... Then... Wait. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. So Jonas tells James. Yes. So the new guy... Tells the guy who fell Mm -hmm. that he was going to, what he was going to say next will be very shocking and unbelievable. (laughs) And that if he didn't actually experience it himself, he wouldn't believe it either. Oh, man. So he took a look at the machine near the, Jonas took a look at the machine near the window and looked back at James and then said he transported James into a parallel earth. (laughs) So this story is like real like this guy made this website to talk about his story this he thinks this actually happened to him right um so he said he traveled to james's earth dimension and found him knocked out in the blazing heat with nobody around to help out 
Jonas said he doesn't take outsiders through a portal, but he thought this would, was urgent. Okay. Okay. Why take him through the portal? Why not take him to... Anyway, go on. Yeah, well, there was nothing... Yeah, good question. <laughs> um, in Jonas's world, a parallel travel machine can be purchased quite easily. It's not cheap, but it's pretty popular, even though the machine can be dangerous enough to cause death. So, in the 1950s of Jonas's dimension, the government was faced with the decision to continue to fund a space program. He says he thinks it's NASA. Right. Or a parallel dimension program called ARPD. ARPAD. Yeah. Or ARPD. ARP. It's ARP, like, dash, D. Oh, ARPD. Yeah, ARPD. So, Jonas then explained that the real danger of using the machine was exploring new dimensions. That's the whole machine. Yeah, isn't that the whole point of it? Yeah, I don't know. Since there are infinite <laughs> amount of Earths in other dimensions, only a small amount have been explored, and some of them can, like, be dangerous, you know? Mm, sure. Like, some of them are, like, underwater. So if you go there, <laughs> you're going to die. Makes sense. Yeah. Jonas and James started talking for a while, and James obviously asked a lot of questions. <laughs> Because sure. uh, he was confused. He wanted to know what was similar between his Earth and their Earth. Like food, TV, technology, music. Oh. There were many of the same bands between the worlds that existed, including the Beatles. When the Beatles' name got brought up, Jonas mentioned that his brother just got back from seeing them perform at a concert recently. Remember, this is 2009. Hmm. James asked, quote, you mean they are still together? And Jonas said, Yeah. James then told him about how they broke up in his world and that John and George passed away. But in Jonas's world, they are all alive, healthy, and on tour. Okay, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, I, don't, I mean, I would, I would assume that he'd be aware that in some other dimensions they broke. Had he not been to our dimension before? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I well, don't know. Never mind. I guess not. Maybe, I, I mean, why would you know that? Not. Yeah, I, it's I mean. It's not just something that's going to pop up. Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe he does know. Maybe, yeah. Hmm. Maybe he's just being nice. I'll, I'll let this guy think he knows something I don't. Yeah. Okay. Jonas then took James into another room that had a bookshelf lined with cassette tapes. Quote, yes, the music ones. Apparently CDs never caught on in his world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Or> <laughs> 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 okay the only beatles album on jonas's shelf that was store-bought was sergeant pepper is that how you say that sgt yeah. uh, but the cover looked slightly different from james's the other six beatles tapes on the shelf looked like they were recorded onto blank cassettes with handwritten inserts you know okay uh and that's because uh, Jonas said his girlfriend at one point really liked the Beatles and wanted him to listen to it. So, like, recorded them all, all the albums on cassette tapes and gave them to Jonas. Okay. That's why he had these, like, handmade, like, hand, like, you know, they were recorded and handwritten. Hmm. Um, James didn't recognize four of the tapes. Uh, and they listened to the music together and James didn't really recognize the music either. It was new music. Ooh. Yeah. James then asked if he could have a copy of one of the tapes so he could bring it home as a souvenir. <laughs> Jonas looked horrified and said, 
quote, no, you are not to take anything with you back to your world. No pictures, no souvenirs, no tapes, nothing. End quote. He said his safety was at stake. <laughs> Someone knocked on the door of Jonas's house, so Jonas left the room for a minute to answer it. <laughs> this is when James decided to steal one of the tapes from the shelf. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously the person at the door left. I don't know what they wanted. Then <laughs> they like, went. Yeah. Hey, can I distract you for a couple of minutes? Yeah. <laughs> so then they went back to the kitchen to eat some food, and James said that the food was pretty much the same. There were small differences, like the names and colors of food, but the taste was similar. The ketchup was apparently purple in Jonas's dimension. Just like the uh, ketchup that. Uh, didn't like Heinz make a purple ketchup once? I think so, yeah. 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 <laughs> so that just caught on and became the preferred ketchup. Yep. Then James said he really needed to get home because the time was the same on each earth. Right. They were the same. Got it. Because he was like, it's getting late here, so it's the same time in my dimension. Mm. I need to get home. So they went back to the room with the machine in it, and Jonas and James shook hands, and then they transported back to his earth. Where Jonas transported James back to his earth. Mm -hmm. He said it felt like being completely wet while staying completely dry <clears throat> while he was transporting. Like, that's, that's a good description. Mm -hmm. And then his dog, like, in the machine, like, you know, shook like he was wet. But he mm. wasn't. Oh. He was dry, but uh -huh. he thought he, he felt wet. That's a cool concept. Yeah. As... Mm -hmm. So when James got back, he saw his car in the same spot as it was earlier and so he had to go to Walmart just to buy a cassette player so he could play the tape he stole because he didn't own one because mm. they're old. Right. Uh, he didn't have any info about the tape, obviously, other than the handwritten sleeve inside. And the track names were written as well as the album title called Everyday Chemistry. <laughs> I guess that's, yeah, that's that's dumb enough to be a Beatles album name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is how he ends his story on his website. Mm -hmm. I'll post some more about my experience in the coming days, but I have to go to work right now and this post is already long enough. <laughs> if anyone has any questions they want to ask me about this incident, then I've set if up... If anybody has any questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I've set up an email address that you can contact me at. The Beatles never broke up at yahoo.com. I'll try to answer everyone's questions as best as possible. Lastly, if there is anyone out there that has experienced anything like this, then please contact me. Some of the things this guy said to me almost make me wonder if this isn't the first time dimensional, traver time dimensional travelers have been here. Oh, no, that's where the purple yeah. that's where the purple ketchup came from. Yeah. We went to that dimension and took oh, some back. Yeah. So, what do you think about this story? I think that it is a, sounds like a fun creative writing project. So, I'm going to read you the name of the songs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just because I want to. Okay. That sounds fun. He has all the songs up on his website because you can download the whole new album, Everyday uh -huh. Chemistry. There's 11 <laughs> of them. And it's, number one is Four Guys. Number two is talking to myself. <laughs> four guys. Yeah. <laughs> Number three is anybody else. Number four is sick to death. Five is Jen. Six is I'm just sitting here. Seven. <laughs> <I like that laughs> one. 
seven is Soldier Boy. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> Eight is Over the Ocean. Nine is Days Like These. Ten is Saturday Night. Eleven is Mr. Gator's Swamp Jamboree. <laughs> <laughs> So you can download the entire album at thebeatlesneverbrokeup.com. You can see pictures of the tape and the rabbit hole he fell in <laughs> and the spot that he bonked his head and stuff like that. Um, yeah, the whole story you can see here is like written uh-huh. out. And then he has all the songs. Um, wow. So a lot of people wrote about this. Like right. there's a lot of articles about this guy. Uh-huh. And apparently someone, inter- I think the New York Times or something interviewed, uh, well, uh-huh. who interviewed him? Someone interviewed him, obviously not in person because he wants to remain anonymous. Right. But I couldn't find that article anywhere. Hmm. I don't know. So the skeptics. Maybe it was not someone from our dimension. Shit. Yeah, probably not. Uh, so skeptics say the songs are simply mashups of Beatles' solo songs. Okay, probably. I'll play one at the end of this so you can kind of hear okay. <laughs> it. And listen, because, yeah. Like, Saturday Night is a terrific rock mashup of Lennon's Cold Turkey, Harrison's Vatican Blues, and an obscure McCartney piece, Night Out. And the funky closer, Mr. Gator's Swamp Jamboree, is equally smart. Graham Reed, from the Elsewhere article I read, said... Richards knew his source material intimately. John Carrison from Medium.com okay. said, quote, Soon after the album was leaked in 2009, the keen-eared fans of cyberspace noticed that each track contained several different elements of the Fab Four's various solo projects mixed together with some apparently original instrumentation. Hmm. The album title would appear to be a clever nod to this. But Richards, when interviewed by The Telegraph, oh, by The Telegraph, had a typically alternative explanation. So Richards says, quote, I had a feeling some of the songs had a familiar sound to them as well. <laughs> the only conclusion I can come up with is even though it's the alternate, in the alternate universe, the Beatles hadn't broken up, that didn't mean their future music ideas disappeared. Mm. I mean, true. Sure. Yeah, why not? So that's all I got about that. Okay. I'm going to play you probably Saturday night since that's the one it okay. says. I think, uh, I think it's really interesting uh, and cool. I, yeah. I wouldn't call it a, I don't know, I, I wouldn't call it a hoax because, I mean, I don't, I don't I, think his an elaborate hoax. Right. I mean, it's. Think I think it's playing more, a prank on him. No, I think I don't. I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I would barely. I think this is just like a very like high concept like art project for him. No. To do no. Whenever he was interviewed, he was like, "Oh yeah, no, this is real." Yeah, but that that's like part of the that's the part act. of the yeah that's part of the art piece. It's like a 
performance art slash creative writing slash some people are like this is music. how he could make his uh music as an artist but avoid copyright stuff uh, that's true yeah i yeah, yeah. no i think <clears throat> i i applaud this fellow for his uh creativity it's pretty cool it's pretty elaborate he's got answers to everything yeah i know <laughs> like whoa <laughs> i don't know it could be real Okay. What? <laughs> I I don't think it is, but but wouldn't that be creepy? That would be. be what wild if he? If I bet he actually believes that this is real. No, I don't. Okay. Definitely don't think that. All right. I think that he would be. Uh, I think that he'd be working a lot harder to make people know about it than he is. You think? Yeah. Well, this Jonas guy can never find out, or he's gonna come find him. How would he find out? He's in a whole nother dimension. If he goes back and comes back to the dimension? Yeah, but what's he going to do? I don't know. People are going to find out and his safety is at risk. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Just going off what they gave me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it weird? Yeah, it is. It's weird. So mm -hmm. if you go to the BeatlesNeverBrokeUp.com, you can read all about it. It's pretty much everything I just said, mm -hmm. but he tells it in, like his perspective. I don't know, but mm -hmm. it's pretty much everything I just said. Cool. But you can listen to all the songs; they're kind of nice. They're kind of cool. I listened to them for this. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, I, I heard you listening to them. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I guess you could call it a conspiracy. I think it's a conspiracy because he's trying Is to it... make it a he's trying to make it a real thing. Right. He's, he's trying to convince people that this happened to him and that there's dimensional travelers. This, we're in the so the hoax hallway. The, but he thinks this is, I would say, conspiracy corner. I don't... All conspiracies are kind of a hoax. We think the birds aren't real. We didn't call them a hoax. Right. I get, I mean... There's people who believe this. Sure, yeah, I'm sure there are. There are people who believe in who believe all kinds of stuff. Right. I think it's a conspiracy. Right. Oh. But like, is the conspiracy that there's like a cover up of the alternate dimensions or No, that there just is alternate Yeah, I don't dimensions. think that's a conspiracy then. Yeah, it is. I wouldn't that there's alternate a dimensions. Conspiracy is like when people are like secretly plotting stuff and like mm, no. What? No. Yeah. This is a conspiracy. I'm not going to argue with okay. this. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to argue about this with you. <laughs> no. Okay, Let us fine. know if you think this is a conspiracy or not. <laughs> yeah, what what should how should we designate this? Yeah. Is this interdimensional inter No. Okay. It's a conspiracy or no? What do you think it is? Conspiracy right. or not a hashtag conspiracy? Conspiracy or Hashtag not a conspiracy. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do yeah. a Twitter poll when we'll we put this Twitter out. Poll. We'll do that. Yeah. Okay. All That's right. all I got. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for your great story, Carly. Yeah. On it was good. The Beatles wasn't it? never breaking up. Yeah. It was good. Mm -hmm, it was. All right. Uh, do so... you have anything else you want to talk about today? Nope. Okay. I think that was a pretty solid episode, everyone. I agree yeah i think we're in agreement hope you enjoy it 
<laughs> for once in our goddamn life. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll All right. be back with you next Monday. Yep. This uh, is... Uh, I've well, been Harry. I'm still Carly. And this has been... Known Unknowns. Bernie won. No, I should say something else. Yeah. Okay. Um... <laughs> no, say it again. No, I won't. It just wasn't funny. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bernie won. <laughs> That's not a funny saying. I agree. You're right. Mm-hmm. Oh, where are where are they? Uh oh. <laughs> uh, uh think of the children. Because it's weird out there. Bye. Bye. <laughs>